Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm very excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Andrew Hubbard, and we'll explore how to use Facebook ads for webinars, for both live webinars and evergreen webinars. And specifically, we're going to be talking about funnels, how to use Facebook ad funnels in webinars. Now, I'm going to tell you there are bazillions of ninja tips inside this interview. So even if you don't do webinars, you want to listen because you're going to pick up some tips for sure. By the way, if you want to email me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool way to tweet with audio called Twodio. Tweet with audio? Tell me more. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is a free app in the App Store called Twodio, T-W-O-D-I-O. And essentially all it is is you download it, open it up, authorize Twitter, and then much like you do with stories where you press and hold it will record as long as you're holding down the button and you have up to 30 seconds to record audio and then it tweets it out over to your Twitter account and it posts it there as a waveform video so you see kind of the waveform moving as you talk oh. and people can listen to it. It's pretty cool. So do you get a chance to customize the background or how does that work as far as the, just, the, the yeah, audio it, video it's thing? A simple, it's a simple background. It's literally just a blue uh, and purple kind of uh, pattern, you know, pattern, and the the waveform is kind of white. It looks somewhat like Siri does when she's talking to you and and responding to you. Does it have the Twodio brand on it? It doesn't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's just a simple, really, just a simple way to record your audio and push it to Twitter. Now I'm going to ask a crazy question. Couldn't you just open up an audio app? And record your audio and then publish the audio file or does that not necessarily work on Twitter? I, I guess it's the cool effect of the the vocal pattern moving up and down. That's the cool part of this, right? Yeah, I, I think that the yeah, I think that the the publishing of the video version of it that looks essentially like a square with wave a wave file motion happening there on Twitter, it's gonna get somebody to stop and look and then listen, uh, which is what I had happen. People, you know, heard the question that I asked and then started responding. Huh. With text. That's so, really cool. So you actually yeah. had people respond, huh? 
Yeah. So I, I think it's not something you want to do with every single tweet because it would get really redundant. But I think it's another tool in the Twitter arsenal to have creative variety in your tweets. Is this an iOS product only? Yeah, it's iOS only, but at least it's free. So again, cool. any iOS people out there, go grab it. It's T-W-O-D-I-O in the App Store, Twodio, and it's free. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Andrew Hubbard. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Andrew Hubbard. If you don't know who Andrew is, he is a Facebook ads expert who specializes in helping people sell digital products and services to fill their evergreen webinars. He also has a course called Amplified Ads. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. I'm really excited to be here. Today, Andrew and I are going to explore how to use Facebook ads to fill your live and your evergreen webinar funnels. And But before we get there, I'd love to hear your story. How did you get into Facebook ads, Andrew? Yeah, so I it's a bit I got into Facebook ads in a bit of a roundabout way, um, which seems to be a common common theme when I hear people telling telling their story about how they got into Facebook ads. But uh, I got into ads back in it was either 2012 or 2013. I can't remember exactly when I ran my first ad, uh, but it was back then, and I was doing it for my own side projects. So at the time, I was uh, working in the Australian Public Service and. Uh, I always sort of had these little side projects on the go. And so when I discovered Facebook ads, I started using them for those side projects. And I started to get some pretty good results, like to the point where, uh, you know, I was playing with some mobile apps, building out a few mobile apps and running Facebook ads to buy app installs. Mm. And I'd realized that we were in this arbitrage situation where I was buying an install for less than a user was worth. So that was pretty exciting for me. Uh, because it meant that we could, you know, spend a dollar buying a user on Facebook and each user was actually spending $2 in the app. So that's where I realized that there was real potential with Facebook ads. Um, and then that kind of one thing led to another. And at the end of 2014, an opportunity came up for me to actually leave my full-time job uh, and get started on my own. So I decided to jump at that um, because... There's no such thing as the perfect time, right? Right. Um, so I jumped out and started with some consulting. And, and for some reason, I think it was 
because of it was comfortable. Um, when I started consulting, I, I started doing what I was doing in the public service, which was uh, as a business analyst. So I started consulting as a business analyst for different companies. Um, and because that was what I knew, that was that was what I was comfortable with. Right. But that kind of led into I was working for a company and they were they were getting me to help with some the, the technical side of, of some ads and, and some ad setup. And it led to conversations around, you know, how I'd used Facebook ads in the past and things like that. And so they asked for a little bit of help with ads. So we did that. Um, it kind of, we got good, they got good results with that as well. Um, and so I thought then, you know what, maybe there's something more in this. Maybe, maybe I should explore helping people with ads full time. So that was where I went out and I said, look, I'm going to see if I can land a client just for ad management. And I've never done this before. So I'm going to pick my target market, find somebody in that target market and offer to just help them for free and mm. see what we can do. Did it work out? Absolutely. So I, uh, yeah, so I, I landed one client just for ad management, um, a, a influencer, which was uh, very deliberate because the arrangement that we worked out was I'll, I'll run your launch ads for free. Um, as long as you let me do a case study ah, and perfect. You know, if it works out. So yeah, because I don't want to go too much into this and take up too much of the time talking about this, but um, my thinking was that this audience influences big businesses, you know, doing six, seven figures a year. Most of these people aren't going to hire an unknown person to manage their ads. That There needs to be a level of trust or reputation there. So by partnering with an influencer for this first one and getting a case study, that's how I would get my foot in the door there. So yeah, it worked really, really well. We got about a six to one return on ad spend, did the case study and everything kind of just blew up from there. How did you get, went, how did you go from managing ads for people to getting into the webinar side of things? Uh, yeah. So that was just a, the first, the first couple of clients I landed were doing webinars and I either see. doing them live or doing them evergreen. And so I, I did that. We got really good results. Then I started getting people coming to me for all sorts of things like e-commerce, um, all different types of social media advertising. Um, but I just found that one, I enjoyed doing the webinar side more and two, I got better results. Um, so I decided to focus on what was really working for me, uh, and, and just blow that side of the business up. That's awesome. Well then let, let's zoom in a little bit here. Um, because you did mention an evergreen webinar. Um, an evergreen webinar funnel in particular. So I would love you to kind of tell people that don't know what that means, what that is. Let's just talk about that for a second. Sure. So an evergreen webinar funnel is basically a way to automate the sales process using webinars. So a webinar is, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of the audience know that a webinar is, it's a, it's a video that where you present some content and at the end pitch a product or a service. So is it, let me ask you this question. Is it a recorded, is it, because most people, when they think of webinar, it's live. So is this like yeah. a recording of a prior live webinar or is this a special one that's done just without an audience? I'm curious. People do it either way. I recommend, I prefer a recorded version of a previous live webinar because the challenge of using a recorded webinar is you don't know if it's going to work. So what I recommend people do is do a series of live webinars, pick the one that converts the best and then ah. turn that into a recording and use that. Perfect. So, yeah. so, so there's technology behind the scenes that essentially allows people to 
join a webinar. It just happens to not be live. Is that the idea? So they're watching a playback of a webinar. Um, is that, is that, that's what I'm hearing you say, right? Exactly right. So the technology allows you to set a schedule. So to say, look, I want to show this webinar at 8 a.m., uh, 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. Uh, every day. And so when people go, no matter what time they hit the registration page and click the registration button, then they're presented with those available times and they can choose a time and then the webinar is made available to them automatically at the selected time. And it's like a television show in that in that you can't rewind it or fast forward like a video, right? It's show, You have to show up on time to watch the thing. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, you have to show up on time to watch. And most of the technology available for these webinars doesn't allow you to fast forward or to rewind while it's playing. Perfect. And it's yep. probably not recommended to fake it and make it sound like it's live when it's really not live, right? I mean, uh, right? <laughs> What's your thoughts on 100%, that? A hundred percent. Yeah. So these used to be used in a really deceptive way. And like they would, people would try to make it look like a live webinar and they would have the fake chat scrolling through and all of this crazy stuff. Um, but now everybody knows what's going on. And like, I don't think it's ever okay to try and fool or lie to an audience, right. but people used to do that. And, but now people are, you know, the market's pretty sophisticated. They know what's happening. So we're very, very upfront about the fact that it's a recording all the time because people aren't silly. They know. So you might as well be upfront and honest with them and right. not destroy trust before you've even got to know your audience. So yeah, absolutely. For somebody, Terrible idea to fake it. Yeah. For somebody who wants to explore um, the tech behind how this works, what what service providers ought they be looking for or what software or whatever makes makes this possible? Yeah. We use EverWebinar primarily, um, everwebinar.com or uh, Stealth. Stealth Seminar is another one that's pretty popular. They're the two sort of leaders in this in this space. And do, do you, when you use these, um, do they just handle the the broadcast, or do they also handle the the email communication side of it? I'm curious how that works. They actually handle the broadcast plus the email communication, uh, and and they will also add them to your CRM. So if you're using Infusionsoft or Aweber, they'll add them into there and tag them as well. So they will handle, because the timing is so unique, right? So because anyone can sign up at any time, they actually handle the first few emails, and then they will hand them off to your CRM, which can handle emails from from after the webinar onwards. I probably should have sense. asked this question, but what's the benefit mm. to marketers as to why in the world they would want to do something like an evergreen webinar? Yeah, good question. Um, the the short answer is uh, scalability. So it allows marketers to uh, present their offer to large volumes of clients or large volumes of potential customers at scale without having to do a, a webinar every day because obviously that becomes really, really um, time-consuming and it, it can only be scaled to a certain point. So it's largely it's scale. And I would imagine it's also potentially convenience for the, for the watcher, especially like if you've got people in America and Australia, that's going to be a totally different time that you would have those webinars. right? (laughs) Absolutely. I feel like in Australia, we're always getting up either really, really early in the morning or we're staying up really late at night to catch webinars, live webinars in the U S. So there's definitely that benefit as well. Okay, so now that we understand the concept of a webinar, an evergreen webinar, um, and, the, and, and I would imagine we didn't really say what the funnel side of it is. Is there a sequence of emails that normally is um, 
uh, part of getting people into the webinar that we ought to talk about before we talk about using Facebook ads to drive people to it? Or or, or may, maybe describe like what's the funnel side when it comes to the Evergreen webinar and maybe describe that in context of traditionally how it might be done with email and how you're doing it with Facebook ads. Sure. So the, the funnel side. So yeah, we're using Facebook and Instagram ads at the very top to get people into and registered for the webinar. And then we have a series of emails that last for about a week after the webinar that help us to build that relationship with the audience and then pitch the product uh, over that seven day period. So we pitch the product at the end of the webinar and then we continue with those sales based emails for about seven days uh, before we wrap that up. And throughout that whole process, so throughout the seven days or throughout the period from when they register for the webinar uh, right through to when that seven-day period ends is where we've got Facebook and Instagram ads also running to help move people along through that sales journey as well. Do you find that um, email is the primary communication uh, mechanism for these funnels um, and or are bots and messenger becoming uh, another communication path for people to communicate with these people with uh, attendees in a funnel? You know, traditionally email was the primary way, but we are integrating more and more bot technology into these. Uh, and I'm sure Mike, as you know, it's, it's purely because of the open rates. It's because people actually see them, the messages from a messenger bot. So yeah, we are using them. We're doing things like putting, a, a bot on the thank you page so that after people register for our webinars, we'll say, hey, we've got a worksheet that goes along with the webinar. Click here and our bot will deliver it for you. Then once they do that, they're, they're in our bot as well and we can use that bot to continue the communication throughout the rest of the process. So are you finding though that you are using email on the front end or you're experimenting with bots in, 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 in all, as an alternative um, on the front end? Because I would imagine you could just run a Facebook ad that's a messenger ad and not even send them to a landing page, right? If you wanted to. Yeah. So we've just started this actually. The The problem there, it was, was a technological one. So because they're evergreen webinars and because it depends on the time of day, their location oh, that's and, a good point, huh? and other factors for the user. Yeah. The bot has to be able to intelligently uh, present the, the right times to the user, right? Uh -huh. So it has to say, well, hey, Mike just clicked on my bot ad. I need to present a time for 15 minutes in ahead of his current time and 8 p.m. in his local time and, and all these different things. I'm sure it's coming, huh? Right? As we've just done it. Yeah, we've managed to do it with some custom coding work. So it's not in a... It's not in a native tool yet that's easy to implement. We had to custom code it, but it's I think it's coming to, to more, a more mainstream setting as well. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for going down that trail with me. Let's now talk yeah, about yeah. let's now talk about Facebook and Instagram ads because you mentioned you're using both to drive people to webinars. Um, yeah. And and by the way, what we're about to talk about is just as applicable to a regular webinar, right, as it is to a evergreen webinar. Is that correct? One hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's you know what are the different kinds of ads that we could produce. Um, let's let's start there, you know, that we could produce that would work to get people to sign up for a webinar, regardless of what kind of webinar it is. Okay, sure. So I'll start at the very first set of ads we run and then we'll we'll work down through the funnel. So the very first thing that I really encourage people to do now is regular Facebook live videos where you're just teaching content related to your core topic. So for me, for example, you know, I teach Facebook advertising. So I just do, I do a weekly Facebook live where I teach something around the topic of Facebook advertising. 
Um, it's purely value-based. Uh, it lasts for anywhere between five minutes and 20 minutes. And the reason we do that is because we want to bring in new audiences and introduce them to, to me and my brand um, in a positive way. So we're starting by teaching. We're not asking for anything at all. And that's really important because if you lead with an ask, uh, most people will click away and you know it's very, very difficult to get them to actually give you an email address when they've never met you before. So we lead with these live videos. Now, after we do them, what we do is we promote that live video. So I take it and within 24 hours, I get captions added and I turn that into an ad. So we turn that into an ad and we promote that to brand new audiences who aren't familiar with me yet. So we're promoting that, that live video. It's already got lots of social proof, which is one of the main benefits of a Facebook Live. Lots of uh, likes, comments already on the ad. So when we promote it, that encourages even more engagement and it's going to get organic reach as well. So a couple of benefits there. So we promote that. We're warming up our cold audiences. Then what we do is we go one step further and I'll send that off. And so I do this for myself, for my clients. We send off that Facebook Live and we have somebody cut that up into smaller chunks of one to two minute videos that contain just really valuable snippets of information. So we're taking a five to 20 minute Facebook Live and we're cutting it up and finding little nuggets of value in there that are between one and two minutes long. And we're turning those into brand new video ads as well. The reason we like the shorter ads is because the average view time for a video on Facebook is about seven seconds. So by creating shorter videos, there's more chance that people will actually consume a larger percentage of that content. Okay, so wait, let me, let, me, let, me, yeah, let me pause you for a second. Let's, yeah. Okay, so, so far we've talked about um, you go live to your page, obviously, and you provide value in like 10 or 15 minutes, right? And then what you do yep. is you take that video and you promote that to a cold audience that you want to attract of some, some kind of mm -hmm. an audience, right? And then you also slice up the best parts of that video into smaller one to two minute videos. Am I correct so far? Exactly right. Yep. And, and you promote those videos to a different audience or to the same cold audience? We promote those to the same audience. So we're, we're talking a big audience here, like 2 million people plus. Right. So we do promote that to the same audience, yeah. Let me ask you this question. What's the high-level strategy? I'm curious where we're going with all of this. Like why start with live video and then cut it up? Like maybe you could step back and just give me the mile-high strategy here. Okay. So the, the mile-high strategy is we're aiming to build trust and build a relationship with cold audience. Then we're aiming to ask them to register for a webinar. So make a small ask, which is an email address, uh, so that we can then later on present our offer and make a big ask down the track. Now, what we've found, the reason we do this whole upfront thing and we don't just go, hey, come join our webinar, is because what we found is by adding these uh, videos at the front, yes, it might cost a little bit more because we have to pay to promote the videos than we have to pay to get them to register. But we found that our sales on the back end are actually higher because we've taken the time to nurture these audiences and, and to build this trust with these uh, cool. videos. Awesome. So, um, and I definitely, we're going to dig in on all this stuff and I'm really excited about this. So, so, um, so we've, we've done a live video, we've promoted that video to a cold audience. We've sliced up that live video into what, two or three different one minute to two minute videos and also promoted that to the cold audience. What's the yep. next, what's the next part of the process here? 
Yeah, so next up, we retarget those people and we ask them to sign up for the webinar. So we create a series of primarily video ads now, really, you know, really getting big into video. And these are more direct call to action based ads. So we keep them to 60 seconds or or less. And the reason we do that is because that allows us to run on Instagram as well. So uh, anyone running ads to Instagram knows that uh, the the videos have to be 60 seconds or less in order to run them on Instagram. So we create these ads using uh, what I call really creative name, the 60 second video ad formula. Um, we create these ads, they last for 60 seconds and they basically just encourage people to sign up for the webinar. So people can click, they go to the registration page and they can register for the Evergreen webinar. Okay, I wanna, I wanna zoom in a little bit on this. Um, the, uh, the retargeting, are you retargeting mm-hmm. um, the uh, page viewers that watch the video in addition to the cold audience that watched the video? Um, or are you just retargeting the people that you put money behind and that have watched a certain percentage of the video? I'm curious. We're retargeting anybody who has watched the video, regardless of whether they were just organic page viewers or whether they were part of the paid promotion. And what we're doing is we we need to consider the video length when we do this. So if it's a one minute, if it's one of our you know 60 second to two minute uh, short clips that we pulled from the Facebook Live, then we'll target anyone who's watched 25% or more of that video because 25% of a one-minute video is only 15 seconds. So right, right. Um, that's pretty good. But if we've got a 10-minute Facebook Live that we're promoting and, you know, we we want to – if we chose to target 25% viewers of that – then they have to watch two and a half minutes to right. be in that audience, which is just too long. So we go for 10-second views on a longer video like that and retarget those people. Perfect. And do you ever run tests on 10 seconds versus 25% on the live videos? Just Because I would imagine if they watch 25%, they're perhaps a more qualified part of the live audience. I don't know. What are your, Have you ever tried that? Yeah, we absolutely. And you're right. They do convert better. The problem is the audience is often really small, so we can't. I see. We just don't have enough of them <laughs> to, to fill our webinar, so we have to go back. When we get to scale, then yeah, we just focus on the twenty five percent plus. But yeah, often you know when we're just getting started, especially we don't have the size. Okay, so so far we've um, you know we've been how long have you been uh, promoting the live video and the small videos before you start retargeting them with video ads? Generally, it's straight away. So generally, it's if they watch one of these videos, then immediately they start seeing the webinar ads as well. So what we do is if we have, let's say we've got, let's say we've got three videos running. We've got the main Facebook Live running. We've got two 60-second clips running. If they watched, let's say, 25% of one of the 60-second short educational videos, then they start seeing webinar ads but they would still continue to see the other two educational videos as well because we want to keep uh, providing valuable content as well as having those webinar ads in front of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. How long is the sequence, the entire sequence? Is it like a seven-day thing? Because if you're going live every week, I would imagine, I mean, you could technically run ads on the live video and the short videos for as long as you want to, but I would imagine, I don't know, is there some sort of a overlap on these sequences like if you I could I could see how these could start kind of becoming exponential right yeah so what we do is we've always got a control or a winner or a series of winners 
And we only really replace those. So each week we test the new live with the new snippets. But if we've got something that's still outperforming that we did six months ago, then it continues to run. Ah, that's very good. That's very good. I love that. Yeah, so we're always getting this fresh content and we have the opportunity to test it and say, hey, is this a new winner? Can we replace some of our other stuff or not? So it's always refreshing. It's Yeah, it's a really good way to do it. Do you it. base that on conversion rate or total revenue or both? Both. Yeah, Perfect. Both. Let's get into your 60-second formula. So I, I think a lot of people listening, you know, like how to actually, you know, in 60 seconds pitch the webinar I think might be useful. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So... I love these because they're really simple and anyone listening can create these. It's not videos often intimidating, I think, for people, uh, particularly with advertising, because they have this picture that video has to be well produced, it has to be, you know, professionally done. What I love about these is they're literally face to camera in front of an iPhone type videos. So you can sit there in front of your iPhone and record one of these. Uh, just out of um, curiosity, uh, format vertical, square, um, horizontal. What's, what's Yes, square. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, we've run lots of different tests with different formats and Square tends to tends to outperform every single time. Perfect. So you're, you're recording these things and, and um, well, you actually can't record on your iPhone in Square, can you? Um, you have to edit it, no. right? Yeah. Yeah, what we do, uh, actually, so if you use the Apple Clips app, there's an app called Clips from right. Apple that will allow you to do Square. But if you use the native camera app, we just do vertical and then we crop it to Square afterwards. Perfect. So um, you you just you're doing it with an iPhone. It's kind of low tech, but um, but it's the it's the who who is the person doing the video? Um, is it the same person that did the live video? Yep, definitely same person because you want that recognition. You want them to recognize their face, their voice, everything else. So same person. Um, jump in front of the camera, and this is the structure that we use. So we just start with a simple. Um, opening question or statement that really hits on the pain point or hot button that the audience has. So a very short statement like, um, Strug- struggling like with organic double- reach on Facebook. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Need to up your um, ads game, you know, um, something like that, right? Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so something like that. And then you give them a statement that sort of builds your credibility or states why you're the person to listen to. So you need to up your Facebook ads game or, you know, do you want to, do you want to learn how we double our Facebook ad conversion rates? Blah, mm. blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, something that adds to your credibility. So, um, you know, over the last 90 days, we've taken three clients, you know, Facebook ads to six figures monthly revenue and beyond whatever that might be. That's just a made up number, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so that's the next piece is just state why you're the person to teach them in a really short sentence. Now, let's pause here um, for a second. Um, I would yeah. probably say if it was me, I'd say I'm the founder of Social Media Examiner and we help millions of people figure out this stuff or something like that, right? Um, yeah. and, and a lot of people listening right now might not feel comfortable like in the first couple seconds throwing out a, throwing out a you know, humble brag, if you will. But mm. explain why that's so important. So the reason it's important is because at the moment, particularly on Facebook and Instagram, we are flooded with people who claim that they can solve our problems. So it's really important up front to to get people to realize why you are actually a, a legitimate 
source of information for this stuff, why, you're, why you are somebody who is actually in a position to teach them. So anything you can do to add that credibility helps to get them to keep listening because at the moment, um, you know, there are so many gurus, there are so many right. uh, people teaching theory who aren't practitioners and things like that. So we, there is a level of, of skepticism within most markets. So we need to, to try and overcome that as soon as we can. And keep it brief, right? I mean, you're not going to talk for 30 of that 60 seconds about yourself, right? It's just a very brief, like, this is this is why you ought to keep listening, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This isn't, this isn't a story about you. This is just a really quick, you know, this is why you should keep listening. Exactly right. You don't want to get into wasting 30 seconds of your video uh, telling people why you're, <laughs> why you're great. Okay, so we've opened with a uh, question, compelling question, relevant for the yep. audience, right? And then we've uh, given them a, lo- a little reason why to listen to, to me. And then what's next? Yeah, so step three is where we start to pitch the webinar. So we start to tell them about the webinar and what they're going to learn and how it's going to solve their problem. So we go straight into, look, um, I'm hosting a free masterclass where I'm going to, to teach you how to overcome XYZ problem. So how to get more, double your organic reach on social media. And in this masterclass, you're going to learn and then just give them a few bullet points. One, two, three. Bullet, the bullet points you you use here are really important. They have to be really compelling. Um, give them three or four bullet points. So you're going to learn one, two, three, and then you go into step four, which is your call to action. Okay, hold on. Which is where you we're, tell them. Yeah, we, yeah. we got to dig in here. Um, you called it a masterclass, and I. Um, it's funny you did that because I was thinking to myself, do we want to call it a webinar? Do we want to call it a training? Do, do we want to call it professional development? You called it a masterclass. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we we use this interchangeably. We rarely call it a masterclass, uh, a webinar anymore. Sorry, we generally call it a masterclass, or we call it an online training. Um, but I think masterclass, uh, I think webinar is kind of done. Uh, it's now. outdated, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, it depends on your market as well. So we, when we do our market research, we consider what our audience understands and the language they use. So if we're going into a market that's relatively uh, mature, <laughs> relatively mature, yeah, then we'll use, if they're familiar with, you know, webinars and things. If they're my age. Well, okay. It's all good. I understand. I was thinking mature as in, no, no, I was thinking mature as in they were very aware of the online space, okay. which is also, you yeah. fit that that category. So if we call it a masterclass, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. For people who aren't familiar with the online world, you know, maybe they're local business owners and things like that. Right. If you call it a masterclass, they're kind of like, whoa, what's a, you know, what's a masterclass? Um, But if you call it an online seminar, then those people who aren't familiar with how the online world works, that actually resonates better with them. So um, we, we tailor it for the market we're going after. That's awesome. All right. So um, we've said, hey, join us for our online training or masterclass or whatever we call it. And during that, you will learn these three things or you'll discover these three things. Right. Yep. And and it's got to be obviously um, uh, of value to the to the audience. And then and then the call to action. Is that right? Yeah. Call to action, which is really simple. You know, click the link below, sign up, you know, pick your time, sign up and I'll see you there. Really, really simple. Now, uh, have you experimented with whether like 30 seconds is better than 60 seconds? I'm just curious. We have. Um, 
but we find that it's difficult to fit everything into 30 seconds. Right. Um, yeah, so we tend to go, they tend to range between 45 and 60 seems to be the sweet spot to get the information we need in there that actually help, you know, lets people convert. All right, I've got a crazy question. Since yeah. you're on your iPhone and you could be using a selfie stick, do you recommend going to an unusual location to film the thing to just kind of grab people's attention like outside or, or um, you know, have you tried different kind of backgrounds um, just to kind of get the attention of the people that are watching watching it? Um, I'm just thinking creatively out of the box here. Yeah, we have. And that's actually a, adding that bit of motion or movement is a good way. We've noticed that that does help to increase our um, watch times, decrease our click-through, uh, increase our click-through rates and lower our lead So you costs. could actually so, yes. do a walk-in video if you wanted to, right, with a selfie stick or, and that'll give you the motion behind you or things could be moving behind you. Yeah, because I'm just thinking like in a feed full of ads, that would stand out a little bit. Um, yeah, 100%. So the call to action is going to be a link and then the link is going to take them to a special page and that's where they'll see the times and stuff like that? Or is that actually integrated into the ad? No. So they do click the link and go to a special page where they need to register. Yeah. Got it. So do you also run experiments on different videos to see which ones convert better for the 60 second formula? Absolutely. I What we usually do is create four or five different versions of these and, and split test those. Perfect. Now, um, there is one more part of this process, right? Which is presumably they've watched the webinar. Um, is there any more ads that you're going to be running at, at that point? Absolutely. So these, that's kind of the beginning. And now we've got a series of ads that actually run afterwards as well. So um, do you want to just jump into talking about those that yeah, next yeah. series? Yeah, let's talk about that. So this first one, I think, is I, I don't see many people using this and it's really interesting because what we've noticed when we run this these series of ads, uh, we notice that people who click these ads that I'm about to, to talk about, they're actually twice as likely to buy on the back end. So hmm. here's how these work. Um, what we do is as soon as somebody registers for the webinar, so before they even um, watch the webinar or before the webinar start time comes around, we start showing them these ads and I, I just call them authority building ads or authority or credibility building ads. And what we do is we show them a series of ads that lead to external content. Now, what I mean by that is we'll start showing them ads that lead to podcast interviews that the webinar host has done to uh, external uh, features on media publications. You know, you'll see a lot of people have been on Forbes, Inc. Entrepreneur, or even just big websites in their particular industry, like health is mind, body, green. Um, so we'll start to show all of these ads that show this webinar host being featured on external publications, podcasts, media outlets, and things like that. And what that's doing is that's just it's just giving this level of, uh, we'll call it omnipresence to that webinar host. So all of a sudden people have clicked to register for this webinar and all of a sudden you're everywhere on the Instagram feed, their Facebook feed, and you're being featured alongside people that they trust, uh, podcasts that they listen to, websites that they read. You're being featured there. And the, what that does is it creates a level of credibility and authority. And you don't even care if they click. You just want them to see the thing, right? Exactly. Exactly right. Yep. 
So, I mean, it's great if they do click, but we don't really care if they don't because they're still seeing you alongside those uh, trusted figures in their industry. So at this point, you're only targeting the people that have registered for the webinar and not yet visited the webinar, or does that go on for a while? Uh, so we target people who've registered and we, we leave these running uh, right through until about two or three days before the offer expires for them. I see. So we leave them running, yeah, right through until they watch the webinar and then for a few days after as well. How many of these ads do you typically run to this audience? Just like one or two? Look, yeah, it depends on the client. Uh, it depends on the situation. So some people have got an absolute plethora of <laughs> features that they could use and others have got one or two. But ideally, I like to have two or three running, yeah. Perfect. Um, what else do you do? Um, do you do anything else ad wise prior to them actually watching the webinar? And if not, then we can talk about what do you do after they've watched the webinar? Yeah. So we, we don't have anything else prior to the webinar. If it's a live webinar, we do. So if you're running a live webinar, we want, we run ads 24 hours before the webinar is scheduled to start just saying, Hey, don't forget our webinar starts, you know, our webinar is starting today at 2 p.m., um, check your, in, check your, your email inbox. for the, <laughs> for the instructions or something like that. Just a generic thing like that. Exactly right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's just really, to boost attendance rates. That's awesome. That is really smart. And did you find that before you did that? And after you did that, you did start to see the attendance rates go up. Yeah, definitely. We do see a boost in attendance rates by doing that because as you know, people, you know, open rates on emails are about 20%. Uh, and that's probably considered good. Uh, so by doing this, we actually, yeah, we just remind people to, hey, don't forget to join the webinar because you probably haven't seen the email yet. Are you running your ads simultaneously to Facebook and Instagram or are you running, um, are you running special ads to Instagram separate from Facebook? Yes. Yeah, so I really like to run, so we always run on both platforms, but I like to customize my Instagram ads. So as you know, natively posts on Instagram look a little different to Facebook. So I really like to customize the Instagram ads. And what I mean by that is if we're using images, then I'll always have a separate image for Instagram because I want a square image on Instagram and right. I want a rectangular image on Facebook. Now video, you can use square on Facebook. So a square video works on both. But if it's an image, I'll have a separate square image just for Instagram. The other thing I'll do for Instagram is I'll format the text differently. So as you know, on Instagram, uh, you can't have a you can't leave a blank line or or an empty line, uh, so you can't format your text really nicely. So if you just take a Facebook ad that's all formatted nicely with with empty lines and paragraphs, and just run that on Instagram as well, it all runs together into one big block of text. Mm. So I'll run my Instagram ad separately and use uh, either a period to separate out each each line and have nicely formatted paragraphs, or you know some sort of symbol uh, just on a blank line so that I can have have that spacing. And the third thing, third reason why I do this is you don't have clickable links on Instagram. So often in my Facebook ad copy, I'll say, hey, click here, click this link to sign up and I'll have the link right there in the and ad it, copy. And it becomes unclickable on Instagram is what you're saying. It right? becomes unclickable. So in my Instagram ad, I'll separate it out and in my Instagram ad, I'll say click the learn more button above to register for the webinar. So it's clear that people need to scroll up and click the learn more button on the Instagram ad and there's no link there. So that's how awesome. Awesome. Now let's talk about 
you know, people, and by the way, you guys, you start thinking about the fact that these are evergreen webinars now, right? And you start like realizing that people could be going to these multiple times a day and you could set these sequences in place and it starts kind of blowing your mind. Um, so after they've actually watched the webinar, what kind of ads do you deliver at that point? So first one we've got is an ad promoting the fact that the cart is open. So whatever product we've promoted on the webinar, we've got an ad that goes out and it's saying, hey, you know, enrollment is open for X, Y, and Z program. Um, you know, Remember, these are the bonuses you get. These are the benefits. And it's just a basic sales ad and it sends them direct to the sales page. So that's the first one. And if people are running a webinar or the offer has any expiring bonuses, so you've probably seen with a lot of well, with anything really, with live events, with courses, there's there's usually some sort of early bird bonuses, some incentive for people to buy straight away. So if we have those bonuses, we also have ads running saying, look, remember to get in before tomorrow because these bonuses are going to expire. So we have our open cart and our bonus expiring ads if they're applicable. Awesome. And, and that's the end of the sequence, right? Um, is there any other... Uh, do you do you advertise to people that did not show up to the webinar to get them to try to opt into another one? Yes, yeah, so we do. So we we what we do there, uh, and we've started doing this recently, and it worked really well. We actually have a second webinar running with a second series of times. So if the first webinar is running at nine a.m., eleven a.m., and twelve p.m., then we have a separate webinar running at you know maybe. 5 p.m., 9 p.m., and 11 p.m. And so the second set of ads, if they don't watch the first webinar, we have a second set of ads promoting the different webinar with different times because maybe those first times weren't really suitable. So Mm. we present them with a different set and that works well as well. Okay, I think the big question is like, (laughs) how well do these darn things work? I mean, like, are you seeing a really good return on ad spend when you're doing this kind of stuff with these evergreen webinars? Yeah, so what we're seeing is, we see roughly two to three percent of our people who sign up, so people who join, uh, go on to purchase. So we see about a two percent sales conversion on our registrations, uh, and most of our funnels are doing between two to one and three to one return on ad spend. So yeah, they they definitely work well once you get these things dialed in. That is so cool. Well, Andrew, um, I could have asked you ten thousand more questions because this is so <laughs> fascinating. But I know that this is one thing that you specialize in. So I would love you to tell people where they can reach you if they want to find out more about the services that you have to offer. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about me, I think the best place for you to go is andrewhubbard.co or you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Andrew N. Hubbard. Yeah. And it's H-U-B-B-A-R-D, double B, just in case anybody misses that. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your awesome insight with us. Thanks, Mike. It's been fun. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. If there was anything we mentioned and you missed it, don't worry. We took all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 310. Stands for episode 310. Also, if you're new, hit that subscribe button. We got some great stuff coming. If you're not new, well... Welcome back. I really appreciate you. And I hope you, um, if you haven't in a while, maybe consider giving me a review. Uh, you can head over to uh, socialmediaexaminer.com slash Apple to give me a review in the Apple podcast directory. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, 
Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.